The Senior Bowl is this week, and the Denver Broncos are in Mobile scouting for a potential franchise quarterback. We'll take a look at maybe some of the top options for Denver at pick number 12 in this year's NFL Draft. You're going to get all that on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The draft begins in Mobile. That's one of the most coined phrases as we talk about the offseason, the buildup toward the NFL draft. You get a look at some potential future stars of the National Football League as the Senior Bowl kicks off this week. Practices begin then. You'll have, obviously, the Senior Bowl game led by Jim Nagy. We're going to break it all down as the Broncos look for their franchise quarterback potentially here in Mobile this week. Welcome to a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. Every single day, you can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantly orange.com. Sarah, usually when we talk about the Senior Bowl, we're always looking at a wide variety of different positions, but because the Broncos are in a position where they need to figure out whether or not they're going to draft a quarterback in this year's NFL draft. There are a couple of prospects here that there's a lot of excitement about potentially, and maybe some interest here for the Denver Broncos. And look, I think we got to start things off with a, maybe a little bit biased here, but I'm a big fan of the guy we're about to talk about. Bo Nix quarterback out of the university of Oregon. And you want some more insight on Bo as well. If you're a Broncos fan, don't know too much about him outside of the Auburn narrative from back in the day. Make sure you go check out the locked on ducks podcast here on the locked on podcast network, your team every day, but Bo Nix definitely an option to consider here for the Broncos at pick number 12 overall. He definitely is Cody. And I'm glad that you like him. I like him a lot too. And, you know, I grew up learning, I learned this when I was a kid, right? Ducks fly together. I mean, I don't know who else knows that as gospel in their life, but if ducks fly together, I mean, and Alex Forsyth is going to be the center of this team in 2024, which we think there's a chance he could be maybe uh, Alex Forsyth is snapping to a familiar uh, set of hands. I guess I was going to say a familiar face, but I mean that too. I mean, Bo Nix played with, Alex Forsyth at Oregon, Cody, I think the Broncos having a leg up on scouting in that department specifically. I mean, you draft a guy out of that program, you see the guy he's snapping to, you're watching the plays. Broncos are very familiar with Bo Nix, I'm sure, at this point. And they're going to get even more familiar, as you said, scouting him at the Senior Bowl, getting the opportunity to be up close. This really feels like the most Likely, I would say that the Broncos are to draft a quarterback since that 2018 senior bowl, which included Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, a number of other guys. And the Broncos actually got the chance to coach in that senior bowl, particularly. So they won't have that close of hands on in, in terms of this year's senior bowl. But I think they are going to be very, very closely monitoring Bo Nix in this week of practices, interviewing him, getting to know him more personally. It's going to be fascinating, Cody, but his resume really, I know it's extensive and I know you watched a lot of it, uh, if not all of it there when he was at Oregon, but it really speaks for itself. Well, and and look, this is a guy who's a tremendous leader, takes command of the offense. And and look, I... I'm seeing on Twitter, and this is what frustrates me about Twitter. Is like people watch highlights or they watch certain things, but they don't really know what they're looking at. And they come up with these narratives like, well, he, he just only throws to his left or to his right. He only throws to you know, the short. He never takes shots downfield. He took plenty of shots downfield this past season. 
And I think a lot of people are looking at, okay, we'll look at his completion percentage. I mean, Sarah, unbelievable production here in 2023 with the Ducks, 77.4 completion percentage while throwing for 4,500 yards, throwing 45 touchdowns in comparison or having 45 touchdowns in comparison to three interceptions this past season and a QBR of 91.2, according to ESPN. Like, that's a ridiculous metric. And the thing that I always want to highlight here, Bo Nix is smart. Like, well, he's played college football for so long. Like, isn't that what you want? You want experience, right? You want a guy who's got experience. And I don't think there's anybody right now really outside of Bo Nix in this year's NFL draft class that has more overall football experience from the quarterback position than Bo himself. And he's gotten better year after year. He needed a change of scenery from where he was at in Auburn. And he find, he lands in Oregon and all of a sudden is putting up all these ridiculous numbers He's very, very smart. And look, I, I even said it during the offseason last year before anything happened. I said, hey, if Denver's going to look at a quarterback of the future, like, hey, Bo Nix might be the perfect guy for Sean Payton. And the more I think about Sean Payton, his history, the more I look at where Bo's at, to me, it makes so much sense that Bo would be a guy that would be on Sean Payton's radar too. Six foot two, 217 pounds. We're going to see him obviously at practice this week. He's going to have a chance to play in the senior bowl game. And then there's obviously going to be the testing at the combine. Bo Nix, in my opinion, if I had to choose, if I was in charge, Sarah, if you're like, hey, Cody, you have complete control of the Broncos pick at number 12. I personally, I'm going with Bo Nix for the Broncos in this specificity because I think he can do some really good things here, not only with Davis Webb, but also with Sean Payton. I think they can build an offense around him. And if they add some playmakers, I guarantee you there's going to be some excitement back in Broncos country. Absolutely. And I think the the biggest thing that stands out to me from what you said is really the experience that he brings to the table. I mean, of course, a couple of years starting early on getting thrown to the wolves as a starter in the SEC, then you go out and play in the Pac-12 and you really hone your skills and, and you can't replace that on field experience. Right. I mean, a lot of guys, they, they spend two or three years playing at the college level and then they get to the NFL. And a lot of folks wonder, like, why did this guy not develop properly? Why is he not? Why are we not seeing what we saw at the college level? A lot of times it's because these guys aren't getting the ability to get those on-field reps and to be able to, to read defenses, to be able to adjust to the flaws in your game, to be able to grow as a player and to kind of form your identity as a player. Too many players rush into that because they, they have to you know, maximize their value. And I think with Bo Nix, he's really been able to maximize his value by staying longer. He's a mature guy. He's a, a leader. Cody, I, I mean, one of my good friends, Caden, who listens to the show every day, he pointed out to me that Bo Nix is married. You know, he's got a family. A, a, like those types of things are big factors. I think when you're talking about a guy that you're calling upon to lead your franchise age at this point you can't really take that as a major factor i mean it's not like he's coming in as a 30 year old rookie right so <laughs> i love the experience i love the the fact that he's he's got a family I, I love the fact that he's operated multiple offenses that he's played sec and pac-12 he's got i mean he's just got it all so i'm with you cody the more i hear about it maybe the best thing though is what pro football focus tweeted a couple uh, a couple of weeks back about how he plays under pressure, a 91.5 PFF grade, the best among pro football focus under pressure, 67% completion rate, which also ranked first, according to PFF, under pressure, nine touchdowns under pressure, Cody, that was third best in the country, 131.4 passer rating under pressure, which was number one, according to pro football focus. So you talk about a guy that plays well in structure, under pressure, in certain situations against all types of defenses. 
he this guy can really do it all. So may, we may be selling him to the point, Cody, that he won't be there at 12 overall. That's certainly a, a possibility. I mean, but you also look at guys like Drake May. You look at Caleb Williams. I mean, what are what are some of these teams that need quarterbacks going to do? Or are they going to address it in free agency, some of these teams? Like, there are so many questions about the QB position that I'm very anxious to see maybe when Denver's on the clock at 12, like, is Bo Nix going to be there? Like, every year we always have these conversations in the NFL draft cycle, like where we think a quarterback's going to go, and then they don't go anywhere where we think they're going to go. It's one of those crazy things there. Another thing I'll say about a guy like Bo Nix, I mean, this, in my opinion, might be the one comparison that stands out. I think he, when you look at how he plays and the smarts and how he commands the offense, the cerebral ability, and also just how effective he is as a passer, I mean, might be the closest comp we've had to Drew Brees in quite some time. And Sean Payton knows a thing or two about being able to look at guys and where they're at. And I guarantee you, I I mean, I would hazard a guess to say that Bo Nix might be very, very high on Sean Payton's list. So we'll see if he's in the mix here. We'll obviously get more look at him this week here at the Senior Bowl as things go on. But we're also going to get a look at a guy who played in the National Championship that's also being widely talked about as the Senior Bowl commences this week. We'll take a look at Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr. And you'll get all that here on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's Lockdown Broncos podcast is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. And happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch to watch all the action, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. The big game here this weekend, there's going to be a wide variety of different things. A lot of people love the action. I love watching football. I love the food. And I even love the commercials. But I also love having the chance to win money with FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. You can do points, you can do spread, you can do the player props like first touchdown score, second time touchdown score, or any time touchdown score. Who's going to have more passing yards? Who's going to hit the over or the under? FanDuel has everything that you can get involved with for Super Bowl 58. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if you first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Well, there might be a decent chance the Broncos find their you know, starting quarterback for the future, not only out of the Pac-12, but maybe among this crop of Senior Bowl prospects. And in addition to Bo Nix playing out in the Pac-12, how about Michael Penix Jr., who put together an incredible couple of seasons there for the Huskies. We're going to break down his game, what he, how he could maybe fit with the Broncos, what other people are saying about him. But before we go any further and talk about Michael Penix Jr., I want to say thank you to every single one of you that makes Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available everywhere that you get your podcasts. And you know that Cody and I got you covered all offseason long Senior Bowl. I mean, we're going to be talking about free agency coming up here soon. Cody, the offseason, uh, typically it's a waiting game and it's a brutal waiting game. But look, it's fun when we get to discuss every single day. And I think, hey, time flies when you're having fun. So tune in every single day. Don't miss any updates. And if you watch us on YouTube, man, we really appreciate every single one of you over there as well. 
Cody Michael Penix Jr. I mean, he had a brilliant season, a couple of seasons for the Huskies. I remember watching him play against Iowa when he was at Indiana and thinking to myself, like, man, I can't believe that guy's a Division One quarterback. I mean, he was getting eaten alive out there. But it just goes to show you how, how these guys are capable of growing. Coaching matters. Teammates matter. But Michael Penix Jr. had an opportunity to get out to Washington and, and play a huge role in one of the best teams that they've ever had out there. I think that this guy, he's got the he's got the makeup. He really does. Um, what are your thoughts on Michael Penix Jr.? Even coming off, I know recency bias, right? But he didn't have a great championship game, but that yeah. can't wipe away his entire body of work. No, and I think that's probably one of the more frustrating things about the dialogue about quarterbacks or guys that you're watching for the potential NFL draft is everyone always looks at, okay, well, you know, if they have a bad game, okay, let's, we don't want this guy. I think Michael Penix is another example. We talked about Bo Nix in our last segment here. Michael Penix is another guy who benefited from a change of scenery. There's also another guy who's obviously, you know, uh, LSU quarterback, Jaden Daniels, who won the, uh, the Heisman Award. He also went from one environment to a different one, and now he's won a Heisman. So I think that when we talk about players, we always have to talk about environment. What is the environment like around them? And I mean, talk about Penix. The, the dudes that he had to throw to at Washington – unbelievable you can make an argument that they were the best overall wide receiver group in the 2023 college football season obviously people are going to talk about ohio state marvin harrison jr i think that there are some arguments to be made about that receiving core there in washington uh for Penix, 4900 yards on the season 36 touchdowns 11 interceptions on the year he can stand in the pocket and make some throws right and, and i think for me what we saw in the national championship game he faced more pressure, more contact, getting hit as he was throwing more times in that game than he did most of the season for the Huskies. And to me, I, I think when we have to look at how a quarterback plays, you have to factor in, okay, what's the environment or, or like around him? Michigan did a great job defensively capitalizing and really making it difficult for him to get into rhythm. But, I mean, there were still times, like, even though he was banged up in that game, he was getting pressured. He still made a couple of big plays. He missed some plays, but – it gives you an evaluation, right? And I don't think it skews the data in any way, shape, or form in terms of how a team or how a front office or a scouting department is going to evaluate a player because you want it like if it's all great, if all everything that you see on the tape is all great, you're a little worried, right? You can get maybe too far ahead of yourself saying, okay, hey, this guy has no flaws. You want to see what a guy is like when he struggles and you can find out a little bit more about his traits. I still think maybe one of the bigger knocks coming in, like we always hear this conversation on Twitter, well, left-handed quarterbacks don't necessarily have a lot of success. I'm trying to think, Sarah, right now, is Tua? I'm trying to think, is Tua the only left-handed quarterback right now in the NFL? He is. He is. Dang, yeah, okay. I, right. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to, I was thinking about it, racking my head, and then all of a sudden, we've already seen the, com you know, after that national championship, people were already making the comparisons. Well, he's just going to be the next Tua Tungo Vailoa. Like, folks, come on, let's stop. That's that's lazy analysis. That's reactionary. Michael Penix is definitely not to a tongue of Iloa. He's six foot three, 215 pounds. He can sling it and he can throw like his ball placement when he has a clean pocket, I think is unbelievable. One of the best in this year's NFL draft class. I, I, like I said, I'm also a big fan of Michael Penix Jr., but Sarah, I think the biggest concern that people are going to have, including NFL scouts, and we won't find this out really till the NFL scouting combine. What do his medicals suggest going forward? 
right? You need to take that into huge consideration. And that may be the biggest area where he does compare to Tua coming out. Remember, Tua was, there was danger that he was going to drop really far in the draft because of medicals and because we didn't really get to see the the best of him consistently at Alabama. But I don't think that was really the case for Penix. Obviously, when you have shoulder injuries, ACL injuries, getting banged up in the national championship game, like that is tough on the evaluation. And it could push you like, teams may not be necessarily trying to invest a first rounder in you at that point. Right. I mean, those medicals, like you said, at the combine specifically, they're going to be huge. And, and hey, hey, maybe Drake may fails a medical examination. I don't know, Cody. I mean, maybe he falls to 12 overall. Who knows? We'll see. But no, I'm just joking. We don't want that. We don't want that. But but with Michael Penix Jr., I mean, I think you kind of got to look at guys who evaluated him very, very closely. And Joel Clad, obviously a a, a former, you know, Denver media guy, right? And he's very close to the Pac-12. They, they cover a ton of different teams out there, but he's seen a ton of Michael Penix Jr. in the, the last couple of seasons. And here's what he had to say about his fit, specifically with Sean Payton. First of all, he said that he views Penix as the perfect fit for Sean Payton. He said part of the reason for that is, is he's required to make NFL-style throws 15 to 30 times per game. And what does that mean? Well, it means that he had to throw with a lot of timing, accuracy, anticipation, had to read the defense before and after the snap quite a bit, as opposed to a lot of times at the college level, you do just see guys kind of go to their first read. And that's a big issue with folks coming out is, well, like you mentioned, Cody, with the handling adversity and handling the way that, hey, when you're not playing well, how do you respond? A lot of times the concern from the NFL side of things is, well, we saw this guy play great when he was locked onto his first read, but we didn't see him come off that hardly ever. That's not really an issue, obviously, with Penix. He did plenty of that, did plenty of scanning and reading the field. And Joel Klatt said that he feels like his ability to translate to the NFL is better than anyone in this entire draft class. Now, that is that is high praise right there, and that's bordering on hot take status. But I think there's some validity to that. You, you throw to NFL caliber receivers, you play for a coach who's now coaching Alabama, pro-style offense and things like that. I think there is validity to this idea that he could be a great fit for Sean Payton. Well, the improvement that he made as well. I mean, coming off of injuries, like two shoulder injuries, talking two ACL injuries, like those are, there's some major concerns with that. And the fact that he was able to come in despite having those things happen to him in the past and demonstrate that he could play at a high level, I think is a great translation. Okay, hey, he's playing at one of the highest levels right now in college football, and he's doing it with NFL talent around him. He's doing it against NFL talent. There's always this conversation about, well, the Pac-12 is so weak, but the reality is how many guys do we see in the Pac-12 that get drafted really, really high? Like, it's very common. Like, everyone's so biased, like SEC against everybody. But the reality of the situation is, is that you look at a guy like Michael Penix. He's played really well against competition, and I think he's got those traits. Now, I think the bigger question here is, is the environment in which he's coming into, would Denver be a good environment for him? I think is a great question because we still have questions as well. And we'll obviously dive deeper into that here this offseason with Lockdown Broncos. What can the Broncos offense, how can Sean Payton build an offense? If they are going to go with a young quarterback, how can they build an environment around a young quarterback to sustain and put them in the best position to succeed? Because Denver's offense wasn't good enough in 2023. And there's a lot of questions about what the player outlook is going to be like in terms of skilled players, wide receivers to throw to, tight end. Like there's so many things facing this Broncos team. And we'll obviously have you covered along the way here. But one thing we are going to continue diving into as the Senior Bowl commences here this week, there's some other quarterbacks that are going to get some look. I know a lot of people are talking about Bo Nix and Michael Penix, but there's some other names that Broncos country needs to keep an eye on. We'll talk about them coming up here in just a moment on today's episode, Locked on Broncos.
Today's Lockdown Broncos podcast is brought to you by our friends over there at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything that you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors They've got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Once again, that's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, real quick, want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. We're going to have a bunch of people from the Lockdown Podcast Network down there in Mobile this week, so make sure you check out the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. That way you can keep an eye on what's going on with some of your favorite prospects. We'll obviously break it down and talk about some of the guys that we see. We'll also break down the outcome of the Senior Bowl as well for everybody in Broncos country, but Uh, Sarah, as we talk about quarterbacks in Denver being in the market to look for a franchise guy, potentially in this year's NFL draft, we've talked about Bo Nix. We've talked about Michael Penix. There's some other names that are going to be at the Senior Bowl as well. Any names in your opinion that could potentially be a franchise guy? I know there are a lot of questions, and a lot of these guys aren't being talked about a lot. Right. And there, and that's one of the great things about the senior bowl is like you, you've mentioned this in the past about players like Quinn Miners. It's how big this game can be for these players, right? Players who are lesser known, who can now start to gain a lot of attention, a lot of steam from media and analysts. I know that doesn't always make a, a huge difference with NFL teams, but shoot, I mean, I'm sure NFL teams reference a little bit more than we think in terms of what the what people are saying. Like, did we miss something on this guy? Let's go back and take a look. Um, and that's what the Senior Bowl can be good for, quite frankly. And how about a guy like Michael Pratt from Tulane, Cody, who he's a rising prospect right now. I've seen him up at, I think he's a top 75 player on the pro football focus draft board. Not, you know, really statistics that you're going to look at and think like, oh my gosh, like this guy was just, I mean, you know, it's not a Western Kentucky Bailey Zappi type of career resume or anything like that. But certainly, I mean, when you watch him play, he could be that type of guy that with the athleticism and, and the timing and the accuracy and the ability to climb the pocket and things like that. Just he seems to have the poise and the presence of a eventual starter in the NFL. Now, I don't think we're necessarily talking on the same tier of prospects as guys like Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr., right? I think this is a different level here. But when you've got guys like this that maybe could be something, it could be worth the Broncos if they say, hey, round one, we don't want to go quarterback here. We're not sold on any of these guys. This is a guy that maybe in round three could be an option for them. And I think that's where these guys that we're talking about probably would get consideration round three, maybe even around four, because right now, I mean, as it stands, we won't know what Denver's plans are in NFL free agency if they're going to go out and get a quarterback by the time the senior bowl game happens. So they're going to be able to see these guys play. They're going to be able to see them in practice. They're going to have access to the film and the scouts are going to be there. I know George Payton is going to be in Mobile. I'm curious to see if Sean Payton is going to go himself and watch. But I, I, part of me doesn't think that's going to be the case. Part of me thinks it's going to be George Payton, obviously the scouts 
and maybe even some position coach. We might even see Davis Webb make an appearance there as well. But I also think another name to keep an eye on, I this is a guy who obviously got a little bit of popularity in high school, Spencer Rattler. He was on that QB1 show. And there were some concerns while watching that show. I know that I had them personally. This guy is a character headache. Um, and I know there were some different questions. There obviously played at USC, transferred to Oklahoma. And, you know, he's a guy that's got some talent. Like he's competed in some big games. He's made some big throws. But I think there's some questions about whether or not he could be a franchise quarterback in the NFL. Or is he just going to be maybe a guy who's a backup in the NFL? There's a lot of questions about that and some uncertainty. Right. And I think... Fair or not, that QB1 documentary has really lingered with people, hasn't it? I mean, that's what I remember him for, absolutely. And unfortunately, I mean, when you have something like that, I think that is something that teams are going to ask and try to try to discover, like, yeah. is he that same type of guy? I mean, and there's no doubt about it. I mean, a lot of times takes like that get thrown around and people are like, that's so dumb. Nobody's thinking about that anymore. Hey, you want to hear some dumb questions? Ask an NFL player if you ever get the chance what they were asked at the combine or at the senior bowl yeah. by real NFL teams. There's some dumb questions that get asked, but I think it's a fair critique of Spencer Rattler, but you see the growth over the course of the last mm -hmm. couple of years. I mean, the slice of humble pie that he had to eat by, you know, not yeah. playing as well as he would have wanted at Oklahoma. I think he was benched there a time or two transferred to USC, as you mentioned, Cody, the other USC, South Carolina, uh, and, and he played better. I think he just grew as a player. And I just don't know, is he too much of a backyard type of guy for what Sean Payton wants, especially as we talk about the potential of moving on from Russell Wilson and what that could be. Is he too much off schedule for Sean Payton's liking? There's a couple other quarterbacks in this in this group. Joe Milton, former Michigan transfer who ended his career at Tennessee. He's got a big time arm. Carter Bradley, I think he might be the biggest sleeper in the group, Cody, in terms of I don't think most people know really anything about him other than he's the son of Gus Bradley, who's the defensive <laughs> coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts. So <laughs> going to be fascinated to see who really steps up this week and makes the biggest name for themselves among a pretty talented group, quite frankly. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people are also looking at quarterbacks in this year's NFL draft. And I feel like it's going to be one of those things going on for quite some time. Brock Purdy's really kind of thrown a wrench into some things. Obviously, he's in a really great system in San Francisco under Kyle Shanahan, had a really great college production there at a smaller school. I think the bigger question is, can any of these guys who haven't played necessarily on the biggest stage of college football, can they come into the NFL where we all know like the defense is so different. Like people always talk about college football defense. There's some damn good defenses in college football. We saw it with Michigan, but overall defense at the NFL is at another level. Like there's always these debates every year about could the best team in college football compete against the worst team in the NFL. And still, I don't think that's going to be, no, they can't. I think it's drastically different and the constraints are, are, are massively, I would say skewed in a sense of how people perceive the game at one level to the next. That's why we always see some young guys and struggle coming out of a college football program, coming into the NFL. We really see a lot of guys for the most part struggle at the next level for the first one or two seasons. And then everyone's like, Oh, this guy's a bust." but it's like, there's an adjustment period. And sometimes there's the anomalies, right? The guys who are alpha dogs, first round talents. And look, there's even some first round talents that sputter out and can't play in the NFL. We see it all the time. There's no answer to really what type of player you can be. And so for me, I'm thinking with these quarterbacks could never maybe take a flyer on one of these guys, like, or, you know, the, even like a Carter Bradley, could he go undrafted? Could Denver maybe look at bringing him in rookie minicamp? I mean, it doesn't hurt to look at some of these options. I just think the bigger question we have here, and this is obviously going to play into tomorrow's episode of lockdown Broncos. What does it all look like? 
when you factor in where Denver's at from a financial standpoint. We don't know the clarity on what's going to happen with Russell Wilson yet. Another team could be interested in trading for him. That's always a possibility. Team could be interested if Denver releases him and signing him. Will that help Denver in any way, shape, or form? I just don't know the direction that Denver is going to go from the quarterback position this year. And I don't know if any of these guys on the bottom tier of what we talked about here at the senior bowl this week will be options that Denver will strongly consider, but we'll probably factor into, they'll probably look at some interviews for them here in the process as the NFL scouting combine, which is also coming up in March. That's going to creep up very, very close and then bang free agency and everything else in the NFL draft. And then it's go time from that point forward. It is Cody, and it's going to be a rocky off season. I mean, to say the least, right? It's it's a waiting game for that. everything. Yeah, you like that? You like that? It's it's just it, the waiting aspect when you're talking about the quarterback position. I remember how slow the 2018 off season felt as as we're waiting for. Well, we're looking at the Senior Bowl. We're looking at Josh Allen and Pro Days and Baker Mayfield. And will he fall to number five overall? And not only there was that, but there was the Kirk Cousins Derby. And it's like every single day you're just like waiting for something to pop up on Twitter and to see some type of news, just anything. And, and we had to wait and wait and wait only to get Case Keenum. Case so, Keenum. I mean, Broncos fans, don't don't get your expectations and your hopes set on one specific guy. I think right now what we're talking about, the Senior Bowl and all these different possibilities, open your mind to these possibilities because just like last year, we talked about every guy besides Jarrett Stidham to be brought in, and that's who the Broncos got. So just open your mind to the possibilities. Well, we want to hear from you, Broncos country, out of all the Senior Bowl quarterbacks this week, who are you most interested in seeing throughout practice this week? And obviously when the game is played, who do you have your eye on and who do you hope the Broncos have their eye on specifically? Could the Broncos next franchise quarterback be here in Mobile this week? We'll break it all down and maybe get some clarity by the time March and April comes around here. But the Broncos are going to have to do a lot of the legwork and the scouting and putting together all the intel necessary to formulate the best decision. So when they're on the clock at pick number 12, They'll have an idea as to where they're going to go. With that said, that'll wrap up today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. Broncos country, once again, want to say thank you so much for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. For all you everydayers out there, we're now going to be beginning our position review series. We're going to start off with every position from the Broncos offense from 2023. We're going to take a look at that position. We're going to take a look at grading, and we're going to take a look at the outlook going into 2024 for that position. You're going to get quarterback on tomorrow's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.